Welcome, friends, to the trifecta of joy. What is the trifecta? Awareness, befriending your inner critic, and raising your vibration. This podcast is about you, your life, your adventure, and how to live it juicy. Our show is an invitation to help, to honor your unique life journey, have empathy for the stickiness that is your human experience, to build a space of truly loving yourself and creating presence so you can live with more joy. We're in this together, connected, sharing, and adventuring through life, even the tough stuff. So let's do it with joy, shall we? Hi, friends. I'm so glad you're here. Today, I want to have a conversation with you about neurodiversity. So as I've been in the schools for a few weeks now, what I've noticed is that we have a lot of neurodivergent and neurodiverse kiddos, which is a reminder that we also have a lot of neurodivergent and neurodiverse adults in our world too. And so I guess we should probably start by talking about what is neurodiversity. Well, to start, neurodiversity is the idea that there is a natural variation in the human brain, just like there's diversity in every other aspect of human life. And it might include some different neurological conditions like autism and ADHD, and people automatically think of things like dyslexia. But it's really important to understand that neurodiversity isn't a disorder. It's actually just part of the human experience. And understanding neurodiversity is important because when we understand it, it promotes inclusivity and recognizes the strengths that people who are neurodivergent bring to our society. Everyone has unique talents and abilities, and that diversity is a valuable asset. I know that a lot of people out there are looking for a way to understand the way their brain works. And if you are neurodivergent yourself, it does not mean you are broken. It means that you have a superpower that you need to and have permission to embrace. Now, here's the thing. When we become more open and embrace neurodiversity for ourselves and others, we create a more inclusive and accepting world for us all. So how do we understand the biases that are related to neurodiversity? Well, here's the thing. Your biases can come in two different forms. One form of your bias may be unconscious. And the unconscious bias is the one that comes from the social stereotyping that we've experienced throughout our lives. And that external consciousness becomes part of our internal consciousness. And then we hold these unconscious beliefs because we, as a human species, like to categorize people and then make assumptions based on that specific grouping. Oh, that person has dyslexia. They're probably not smart. Let's be straight. Some of the smartest people I know have dyslexia. They just have a brain that learns differently. So you have to just really pay attention to what your own biases are and also understand that you can have conscious bias too. 
And conscious bias can mean that you sort and filter and possibly even assess other people because of their neurodivergence and therefore don't allow them the opportunities to shine in their superpowers. And so I'm saying this because I see these neurodivergent kids and some of them feel socially unaccepted. Some of them struggle with social connection. Some of them present slightly differently and therefore are approached with a bias, either conscious or subconscious, that leads to ultimately a lack of connection. And so if we're here as human beings and our goal in life is to connect and to feel seen and to have that human connection, we really have to notice what some of those biases are. And so one of the biases that I've noticed is eye contact. So some neurodivergent folks have difficulty with or even avoid making direct eye contact. And you may not realize that you misinterpret this as someone being disinterested or dishonest or even disengaged. But this is your opportunity to focus on evaluating communication and content rather than fixating on whether or not someone is looking you in the eye. It's important to understand that eye contact may also vary based on cultural and individual differences. And just because someone isn't making eye contact with you, it doesn't mean that they don't respect you. It's possible that because of their neurodivergence, their comfort level is just incredibly different from yours. Another thing that I've noticed with people in my life who are neurodivergent is that small talk isn't something that always comes naturally to people. Neurodivergent people might struggle with small talk or social chit chat, and that might make you feel that they lack interpersonal skills or don't have the same perception of things that you do. And when it comes to trying to make people feel comfortable, talking about the weather or time seems very natural to many of us, but it can be difficult for some. And so it's really important to ask yourself questions about that person's life too. And it's really important to notice that what a person brings to the table in their creativity and in their gifts may be well beyond that small world of chit chat and talking about the weather, because for them, They'd rather just get to the grit, the meat, the purpose behind the communication. So it's really important that you pay attention to whether or not someone is invested in small talk or if perhaps because of their neurodivergence, they'd rather just have a very direct conversation. So one of the funny things that I've noticed is that people who are neurodivergent often have a lot of struggle with nonverbal communication. And I see this with kiddos all the time. I've seen it with so many different adults. And that is that space of misinterpreting nonverbal cues. And that is facial expressions or body language. And we can so often misinterpret someone who's neurodivergent and think that they are closed or that they've made a face and are judging you or that they are disinterested or disengaged. And what it's important to understand 
is that even if someone's tone of voice is flat or lacks variation, that may be a reflection of their neurodivergence and not a reflection of their lack of enthusiasm or belief or even engagement. So this is where we have to take a step back and go, hang on a second, this is a bias. This is a bias that we have where if someone has what we might refer to as closed nonverbal communication, that they may actually be very open, but because of their neurodivergence may not appear to be as open as they seem. So you need to understand that everyone has different nonverbal cues from you. And while we have social norms, it doesn't mean that absolutely everyone acts and reacts the same nonverbally. And these are things that we just need to bring some awareness to so that we can actually meet people who are neurodivergent where they are. I want to bring in this concept of anxiety. And the reason I want to talk about anxiety is because I have many friends who have identified themselves as having ADHD. And I too myself think, oh, you know, I'm such a fairy. I flip from here to there and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And in so many ways, I've even labeled myself as having undiagnosed ADHD. And I want to just remind you that anxiety is also a part of life. But for people who are neurodivergent, anxiety can present in different ways. Some may need to sit still. Others may need to fidget and move their hands. Some need more time to process information. Other people need to be able to move their bodies to enable the energy to move so that they can free some of that anxiety, if you will. And so it's really important that we are able to embrace how people do process things, including anxiety, and recognize that not everyone is in a space where they just want to talk about it. Sometimes they need to process it through movement or through tapping or through fidgeting or through doing something more than just sitting and being. And that is a normal way for people to process. And so I often offer people something to touch, something to play with, something to fidget with, a blanket. Those kinds of things make such a difference when working one-on-one -on -one with clients because some people need to have an output for their energy as they're processing. And that is just another example, if you will, of how different brains use different parts of their environment in order to be able to process fully and wholly. And it doesn't mean they're not paying attention. It means that it's their way. For example, I used to go to meetings and I used to doodle. And I once upon a time was terrified that people were thinking I wasn't paying attention. What I realized for me, it was a piece of regulating and processing the information without owning it. I could transmute love and light into my doodles while I was absorbing the information I needed to and still stay present. Some may have thought I was just doodling and coloring and not paying attention, but that's not the case. So we have to understand that people's brains work differently and we have to give them space to process in their own ways. Oh my gosh. I know it seems to me like I'm rambling here, but I've seen so many different brains in action through my work as a teacher and as a social worker 
and as a life coach and working with teams of people. And it's really important that we recognize that this world is full of different human bodies and brains and spirits. And the way that we come together and really contribute to the whole is through that difference and that acceptance of difference and being able to recognize that if we have a bias, we can bring awareness to that bias to see the humanness in another person, even if they're different or they process differently or they present differently. Because here's the thing, we often have a social norm bias. We have a bias that everyone should be normal and anyone who presents as slightly different then becomes labeled as antisocial or disengaged or disinterested or snobby or snotty. We've all heard all of these labels that we slap onto people. And maybe, just maybe, this is our opportunity to say, oh, this person is different from me. And that is okay. How do they contribute to the world? How do they contribute to my life? How do they contribute to this team? How do they contribute to the community that I'm in and the world as a whole? Because we have to pay attention to the fact that we can allow our first impressions to block possibility. And a lot of that comes from our subconscious bias or our unconscious bias And if we bring it to the consciousness, if we bring that awareness to the forefront, we can realize that letting go of that first impression bias and seeing a person for who they are is where the magic happens. It's where growth happens. It's that don't judge a book by its cover concept, but instead allowing yourself to get to know the uniqueness of that person and what their superpowers really are. I think we just have to remember that we're all just humans having our human experience. And more than anything, we have to see the souls of one another and the light within one another and choose to see that other person through a lens of love rather than judgment. And if you find yourself in judgment, recognize that's a bias that you've invited into the moment and decide if you want to keep it there. That's what the awareness really, truly is about. When I talked with you today about bias, I brought information to you and I hope that I've brought awareness to you too. More than anything, I want you to see that these neurodivergent other humans are actually beautiful lights in the world. The divergence or different way of processing the world is an invitation into empathy for you. It's an invitation into letting go of the biases and recognizing that we are in a changing world and that together we can see the light within one another and move forward with love. And that love means understanding and compassion and empathy and growth with one another. So my friends, if you are neurodivergent and see yourself as labeled with something that makes you disabled, recognize that this is your superpower, that you are here to show love and light and to teach empathy and to show 
that difference is what makes this world a truly magical place. And if you have neurodivergent people in your life, I hope that you can spread this message to them. They are special. They are lights. We are all lights. And we're all here to shine a little bit differently. But when we approach one another with love and see the light within one another, that, my friend, is where we become one and move forward with more love. My friend, I see and feel the light in you. Thank you for listening. Please give a like, a share, and remember that you are special just for being you. Thank you again for joining us. And until next time, from my heart to yours, stay awesome. Thank you for listening, my friend. We are deeply grateful you chose to be here. I trust that this has invited you, even if in some small way, to deepen your awareness, befriend your inner critic, and raise your vibration. Please follow us, leave a review, and share this podcast with a friend. If you have any ideas or feedback, please reach out. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. You are loved.